Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 9 of the VR Inside podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at 4pm in Europe, 3pm in the UK and 10am in Central US. And if you missed the show, you can catch up with it every Sunday where I upload the whole video to my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Or if you just want to listen to the audio only version, it's available on Google Play Music and on iTunes. If you've got any questions or comments during the show, please put them in the chat and we'll try our best to answer as many as we can. Also, I'd like to add if you've got any feedback about how we can improve the show or make it any, in better in any way, then please let us know as well, because we just want to make the show the best thing it could possibly be. So I just want to go around the room and introduce you to everyone. Uh, so he likes to drive rocket powered cars in his spare time. That is Nathy. How you doing, man? You all right? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Enjoying the weekend, of course. Excellent. We have got the new baby driver, Austin, the Prometheus. How you doing, man? You all right? Uh, I like how for the entire hour and whatever that we're hanging out, no problems. And then the moment that it actually matters, it's like, hey, uh, internet's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> that always happens. It's like the, the magic of life, right? That's it's just how, life how we make right it work. But we just roll with it. And it's such a shame because uh, you look so oh fresh faced now. I had like a whole Guy Fawkes anonymous, you know, gag going on, but now you're so clean, clean shaven. I can't use it anymore. So, Mike, stay out of the lower panels. Like they, they take your beard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lower panels are beardless. So we have Zim Zimmer. Who's got the keys to my bimmer? It is Zim Talk Live. <laughs> Oh man, every week it's like a theme song. It's getting better. It is getting better. That's the thing, it's got to be fresh every week. It's got to be fresh every week. How are you These doing, Fresh Zim? beats, I want a song going with Guys, now. we yeah. should just end the podcast there, because it's all downhill from this point. Yeah, it's, it's not going to get better from here. <laughs> uh, oh and uh, unfortunately, uh, Rowdy is uh, AFK today. Unfortunately, he can't make it. So uh, he'll be back next week. Uh, Prometheus has uh, dropped out very briefly, but I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. And last but not least, obviously myself, host of the show, the bearded bald guy, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. So uh, in today's episode, we're going to talk about the Pimax 8K that has finally finished its Kickstarter, the Zephyr VR, which is also a Kickstarter project, uh, Bullets and More, uh, Blade Runner 2049, the Memory Lab, and also the update to a Expect You to Die, which is called First Class. So we've got a lot to talk about on the show today. Hope you guys enjoy this one. So uh, first up, we just want to talk about the Pimax 8K. So I feel like uh, on, on a lot of these episodes just recently, we've been talking about a lot of hardware. So I don't want to sort of dwell on it too much longer and sort of get onto more sort of talking about games. But um, I think we got a lot of feedback on last week's episode saying that we were kind of hating on the Pimax a little bit. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think we were all just being a bit skeptical about what's uh, going on with the Pimax because I think, you know, we all want this to be what they promise it to be, which is like the kind of, you know, great field of view, higher resolution, going to be compatible with Steam, going to have some awesome controllers, tracking isn't going to be an issue. I think we all want it to be this great thing, but I, th I just think we're all just kind of being a bit realistic on what potentially they can deliver right now because, you know, I've got some previous experience with Kickstarter and I've had uh, Kickstarters in the past that haven't basically come to fruition. 
So this is basically what I'm saying, you know, just that we're just being a little bit realistic about what they can deliver on right now. Yeah. What do you guys think about this? <sighs> well, Mike, you got a very good point again. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Because this is what we all want, right? We all want this major advancement in VR, but just, uh, you know, it all depends on whether they can deliver on this magical promise that they've, uh, they've talked about, which yeah. is, you know, this, uh, you know, from what we've, we've seen, you know, friends of the show, uh, Swee Viver, you know, he has um, actually had some hands-on time with this device, uh, uh, yeah. VR days in Amsterdam. And uh, he was very, very positive about what he tried. You know, he, he said that the sort of field of view is very, very nice, you know, because obviously our peripheral vision is 220 degrees, roughly. And the 210 degrees of the Pimax sort of was very, very nice. And it only sort of had the very edges of a black screen in the very, very far corners if you really struggled uh, to sort of really keep looking at, look out for it. So that was really, really nice. He said the resolution was a big bump up. You know, text is a lot clearer. Um, but it's just a case of whether the implementation of all these things um, can work with Steam <coughs> VR, and it's going to be sort of native to the SDK, so developers can just, yeah. you know, have this work with their game straight off the bat without having to implement any further bits and pieces to get it to work. So um, all I would say is that you know, for those that sort of watched last week's show and thought we were hating on it a bit, I don't think that's actually the case. I think we are all pretty excited about the future of VR and especially these big leaps in advances, yeah. advancements. But it's no, just whether true. or not Pimax can pull this off or not is going to be the ultimate question, I think, for me. Yeah, no, that's true. No, I think that the, the video, if you haven't seen the video of Sweeviver yet, I would definitely check it out because it, it's giving a lot of good points. Um, I do think that, like, you know, in the end, you need to try it for yourself and then decide if you want to get one, okay? Like, that's still one of the, the main points. Even if, if a video is very good, like, I, I, I do trust his opinion, but it's just like you also need to experience it. So it's like a mix. You need, you need to, like, find a mix between two opinions where it's like, hey, I tried it. Um, and I also watched reviews of other people saying this and that and that. So, but that's kind of hard because... And with the Pimax, it's like, you know, you need to buy it and that's it, you know? Um, and it's the same with the Kickstarter, you pre-order one. It's not like I can buy one afterwards, as far as I know. You will be able to, I guess, after a while. But right now, if you want to get one, it's only by pre-ordering one, right? So Yeah, that's right. So it literally ended, like, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before. Uh, and their final uh, amount of money that were backed is $4.2 million dollars. So that's pretty impressive, you know, because um, that is a, a shed ton of money. And obviously they hit all their stretch goals as well. So uh, it unlocked a lot of uh, different um, accessories that you can get for the Pimax uh, straight off the bat. So things like uh, they hit the 3 million mark, which unlocks uh, eye tracking. So that'll be included in the bundle as well. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that works. Um, but yeah, like uh, Nathie said, you know, if you're interested in the Pimax, I'd definitely uh, head over to our friend uh, Sweeviver's YouTube channel. He's got a very, very yeah. nice video over there showing uh, his sort of hands-on impressions with the device. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, he was very, very positive. So unfortunately now you kind of missed the boat if you do want to sort of back the project because the, uh, the Kickstarter is actually over now. But obviously it'll be interesting to see what happens once the Kickstarter orders have been fulfilled, how long this is actually going to take to come to market so you can actually just go out and buy one or order yeah. one on the internet yourself. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, maybe Sweeviver should maybe change the ch the name of his channel to something like uh, Sweet Sweet Pie or Sweetie Pie or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, he yeah, can be the, yeah. the the official Pimax channel uh, when it's released. Uh, so they uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be shipping uh, early next year. So we're talking sort of like uh, February time is the the rough ship date. Um, personally, I think they're going to struggle to meet that with the demand that they've got right now. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm very curious how uh, it's gonna go with like we know that that Oculus had some issues back then, you know, like shipping all the stuff. And that's like Facebook, you know, of course they said like, yeah, Facebook is new to this kind of stuff. So they really need to figure it out in a way. Like what, what do you expect from the Pimax? Uh, like they need to, like they, they have like four mil right now, right? So yeah, it's so four, like four, yeah, they really need to step it up. Yeah, 4.2 million, you know, it's, it's not a number to be sniffed at. And like, uh, I can't remember where I read it, but it said that they have like a, a 15,000 staff manufacturing plant where they can they can literally crank these headsets out. So if that is the case, like if they've got 15,000 people and like a, a previously tested manufacturing line, then maybe they can deliver. And I really hope they do because I want to see this thing succeed because, yeah. you know, I think these big advancements in VR is kind of what we all want. Like I know mobile is the kind of the way that the other manufacturers are going, yeah, like true. HTC with their, their uh, Vive Focus. And then you've got yeah. Oculus with like the, the, the Oculus Go and the Santa Cruz. They're all sort of heading down the mobile route. Yeah. Whereas Pimax are really the only ones that are saying, actually, we're going to focus yeah. on the real high end enthusiasm, yeah. uh, enthusiast level and make something that's really sort of next gen. So uh, I just want to sort of clear the air a little bit with Pimax, you know, we're not hating on them. It's just that we're a little bit skeptical. That's all yeah. I'd say. But I mean, they, they make like a huge leap compared to the rest, you know? I think the rest was going for like, let's say that new Rift is not gonna get close to that whole 8K headset or the new Vive that has not been announced yet. But you know what I mean? So it's like they are really going maybe like, uh, they, they make like a big jump in a way, technology yeah. wise. And yeah. that's the question, is that, is that like too early or not? That's what we need to like see, like, uh, like based on all the consumers that tried it. I mean, yeah, based on the, the demos uh, people played on all the conventions and expos, we heard great stuff, but how is it gonna be when the real uh, headset is out? Because these were prototypes, not the one you get at home. So that's a difference, of course. Yeah, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens. And obviously, you know, come February, hopefully when they do start shipping, we'll have some early hands-on experiences uh, from sort of real life testing with Steam VR. Yeah. But also it's interesting because they just released an update. Uh, I think it was shortly after they, they finished, but it was about the controllers. So get this right. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but so they, they said that they're going to use these kind of like knuckle controller design. But they're going to offer you two options, so you can actually choose when you uh, you fill out the survey at the end whether you're going to have a touchpad on both controllers or a thumbstick on both controllers. So they actually give you the choice between the two options. Wow. Yeah. I mean, which one's that on, Mike? So that's going to be the the, the Pimax in general. So whether you choose the yeah. the Pimax 5K, <laughs> the 8K, or the 8KX, you're going to have two different controller types that you can choose from. Um, when you sort of but they, the they kind of look they kind of look like the the, the steam vr knuckles right so let's yeah, say exactly. you got steam vr knuckles with thumbsticks yeah yeah hmm. like like personally you know okay. I, i'm so used to the oculus rift now that i don't think i could move to, uh, to I like, touchpads I like thumbsticks. yeah i like thumbsticks uh, especially with games where you've got free locomotion i think thumbsticks are yeah. nicer to use 
Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. Again, like if you try both, like I like both of them. I have no problem going from thumbsticks to touchpad again. It's like you know, if you have a mix of that in a way, that would be so awesome. I guess. Yeah, so that's when that's when you're talking about the new Windows Mixed Reality controller, yeah. really, that they've, well, they've implemented them both, I, but... After your review, I'm not so sure anymore. Yeah, but, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think we'll be all jumping to that platform anytime soon. But it's Maybe interesting Samsung anyway. going to save it. You never know. Like, the Odyssey could be the, the, the savior. I, I, I'm going to put my money on the Odyssey being the one that saves the Windows Mixed Reality platform. I don't think yeah. the others really uh, have anything to offer. But yeah, the Samsung's definitely going to be the interesting one, and uh, I'm definitely interested in checking it out when it comes out. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, coming to December, I think maybe my opinions on it may sort of change slightly, but yeah. it's the tracking thing that bothers me the most. So until we, like I, I get another hands-on with it and test yeah. it with some v Steam VR titles, I guess we're not really going to know just yet. Yeah. But again, you know... Uh, I'm just. Do you mean the uh, tracking behind the head? Is that is that what you meant by? Yeah, yeah. So like I mentioned it before, and again, you know, this it, it always happens when you know you sort of voice an opinion like this that you're going to get people that are passionate about one platform or the other are going to accuse you of being fanboyy or you know uh, you know uh, biased in in some way. But like I, yeah. I think it's just the fact that that I was disappointed in what it offered because you know I've had it before in in a couple of games where I've been holding back enemies, like I said in last week's episode, behind my back and shooting behind me almost yeah. uh, whilst protecting myself from the front and I just don't think it's going to be possible because it locks it in place as soon as it loses the tracking so yeah. it's kind of locked in a single position but um, you know, like we, we, we'll see that's a super immersion breaking thing too is like, mm. I, like there's so many times at least like from my experiences you'll you're often like either reaching behind or like l not looking at something that you want to grab like it, you're just naturally you will grab things in a certain way depending on the situation and yeah. if you go to do that and then like everything comes crashing down i feel like that's yeah. that's going to be a huge issue yeah and like i just want to be clear like I, I never really had any problems with that when i played with it but it's just what i'm guessing when it comes to a lot of the Steam VR titles because they're not going to be optimized for this platform they're just going to be optimized for the platforms we've already got so that will be the test come December when uh, we can get some real uh, hands-on feedback from people that are trying it out yeah. with this new platform right. but yeah That's so uh, off uh, moving on from sort of like the Pimax uh, onto another piece of hardware that is on Kickstarter so I don't know if any of you guys have heard about this but this is called the Zeph VR now the Zeph VR is an accessory that attaches fans to uh, any VR headset to add realistic wind to mm. a headset. So when you're flying, falling, or accelerating, you can feel the wind uh, actually in-game. Uh, so this is kind of like a, a rumble pack, if you were, for VR, but introducing wind. Here's, so. here's my question with that, though, is do, do the sand... Because there's really small fans, do they have that little whining? Because uh, if, if every time you start to fall, you start hearing this, like, electric whine, that's going to be really annoying. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the benefit of that, like, immersion factor is going to be lost the second I start hearing this, word like, <laughs> little jet engine, yeah. you know? Mm. I fucking hate 40 mil fans. I yeah. modified a past motherboard. I literally had, I had to break them off the motherboard it's in order to get rid horrible. of horrible. Just to get rid of that noise, because I agree with you, that is a problem. Yeah, <laughs> imagine two of them an inch from your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is going to be a problem if they're not quiet, definitely. Plus, I mean, the difference is, like, there were fans before. I, I, I forgot, like, the name of those, but they were on top with, like... Live and tape. chill. 
Zim yeah, mentioned that earlier. Yeah, vibe and chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vibe, and, vibe, uh, vibe and chill. And I think that's that's. Uh, we've seen a few people kind of review it. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. Mm. But it's basically just reversey, right? I mean, these are on top. These are on the bottom. The other ones were on top. So I don't. Yeah, really yeah. They're on the bottom. So they, the uh, yeah, no. I I think with, like it's it's gonna be great if you play like Sonic VR, okay? Like running and then like ah oh, wind, yeah. Or, I'm gonna go faster, but. It's more like but I think, to, for an effect, it's cool. But like for like, I'm not sweating that much. I like I see a lot of people are like, whoa, VR, it's so intense. Depends like what you play, I guess. But it's not, and it's not. You're summer. also not 400 pounds, Nathy. So I mean, there's the difference. If you're, <laughs> no, that's you're a little true. bit, and, and it's not to say that a skinny guy can't be out of shape. I'm I'm definitely <laughs> on paper out of shape. If I tried to run a mile, you'd see. But um, you know, like I think there's definitely differences in terms of people's appetite for physical VR, and it's it's really interesting to see how people take it up. Yeah. But like we've we've talked about these two things. We talked about Vive and Chill and Zephyr VR, which is the one below. Um, something that I saw, and I wish I had the name of it. Someone in chat, I'm sure, will know it. Uh, was these two little pods that you sit on your desk and blow hot and cold air at you, mm -hmm. and 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 that looked kind of interesting. Yeah. Like something like that, I'd go for. But the issue with all of these systems is the same, and it's the same issue that I face, like I showed on last week's. Uh, tactile transducers, butt kickers, this kind of rumble thing, mm -hmm. is that is that if it doesn't match what you're experiencing 95% of the time, you'll feel you'll 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 feel that noise part. Like for instance, someone with a bassy voice jumps in and starts talking to me, yeah. and I feel it in my back, or I feel it. It's like that's weird, right? <laughs> like you know, somebody uh, yeah. like bro talking, right? Rumbling my bumble. You know, <laughs> I shouldn't. He rumbles my bumble every time. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, it's it's kind of cool to like customize your vibe in a way. It's I also see like some kind of gadget. It's kind of like whoa, look at my sci-fi headset. You know, I mean, like Sweetviver used it. I I I've seen this video on it. But like you got then the 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 fans on it, and you got like a leap motion on front, for example, and all kinds of it. But it's like you know, hit I, my, I saw hit one my of vibe. my. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw one of my um, like uh, followers saying like, I don't need wind, I need more good titles. And again, that's true, like this is just an extra, but hey, if you're crazy and you're like, haha, I need this, uh, then it can be kind of useful. But I don't know, like down there, I don't know if that's like, up there was fine in a way, but like having them down here, nah, nah, I don't know. Uh, maybe you can change like the position of those. I'm not sure how they have been built, but... Uh, so I got a question actually for you guys um, related to the comment that Nathan made about um, you know like good titles and all that. I wonder, like friends of yours, do you know anyone who's gotten into VR in the last six months and had that kickback feedback, which they said like there just isn't enough? Because if I take stock to myself, like how much is out there? Honestly, now, especially covering the three headsets, like I find it's like a little bit overwhelming. Like it that, is November absolutely. is going to be insane. It's too well, much. In a good way or a bad way. In a bad way, I think. It's too, like, imagine if you had no idea anything about VR and you stepped in right now. Where do you even start? Like, okay, do I want a console one? Should I wait for this other console one? Do I want it to be standalone? Is standalone okay? Do I have a computer that can do this? How, how expensive is it going to be to get that? Like, it's, there's so many questions you have to ask that by the time you're done asking them, half the people will have already stepped away. Like, they're not going to be interested anymore. It's, you know, it's just like anything. You can actually sell an inferior product if it's the most convenient. And because of how inconvenient all of these different headsets are to even think about, you're, yeah, you're ending yeah. up with this market that is so fractured. It's difficult to even yeah. get a grasp of where to start, you know? The, the, the only thing I noticed is that, uh, like, last year I made a video of, like, all the, the best titles out there. Like, make, like, a promo of two minutes of yeah. all the games, all the best ones. 
and and I'm working on one now and I, I, I noticed that like 2016 was a very great year for VR and had like yeah. not not that many titles but good ones and now we got bombed with shuffleware games that weren't like totally finished that had to get tweaked for months and months and months like I there weren't that many like star titles and of course yeah fallout stuff like that but it's it's not enough to say this was better than last year in my opinion at least but that's natural isn't it because like we've like 2016 was the year of okay all the businesses who wanted to throw money at something and like make it for the wave that was the push right the push was launch with the headsets or soon after no, to capitalize true. on that market yeah no, and that's then right after after that happened there's, I noticed it in my like viewership and everything else. Like there's definitely, and if you looked at like Google search terms back in summer, there was a huge lull uh, globally wide around VR for the first half of the year. And I think it's picking up again. But you're, you're gonna see that lagged by six months or a year in terms of development titles you know, hitting that quality meter. I think they're still coming. I really do get the feel that it's picking up again. Um, but it's just that we, we uh, saw the doldrums. Yeah. The, the problem was like this year was like the expectations were like really high in a way. And then you kind of got disappointed a lot with, with a few titles out there. And I mean, if you bring out like the triple A uh, developers to make a VR game, especially if you fund them, then you expect at least something. So we have seen things from like, let's say Halo Recruit, to uh, things that are super nice, like Arctica One, like Lone Echo. I think Lone Echo is definitely one of the like. I think it would be in my top five of, of best games of, of this year. Like polished wise, you know, the characters look very Lone nice. Echo, Story, yeah. uh, and then a multiplayer that is like a blast that almost became an eSport. I mean, Oculus is clearly trying to make it an eSport. <clears throat> it's really hard to make something an eSport. I can tell you that. Like. An eSport is getting picked by the players, not by the companies. Yeah, that's how it works. Like, very, very true. Yeah. Actually, Mike, what did you think? Because <laughs> um, obviously, when we were there at OC4, there was a big drive to eSports. I mean, they were they were dedicating half of the show floor to eSports. Yeah, like I, I definitely think that that VR in eSports is going to become a really big thing because I think like you said you touched on it earlier was that you're going to have to be physically fit yourself to be able to perform a lot of these uh, functions in the game to be good at it, right? And like what we saw with a lot of the uh, the, the uh, Echo Arena players, you know, they're almost turning into like little rock stars themselves and having little followings and you know, people are like <laughs> fanboying over them and they had this really like sick stage set up where they were all standing on these little podiums uh, you know and you could see their sort of displays from their headsets behind them it was a really really slick setup like super super nice and obviously with games like uh, Echo Arena and The Unspoken for example I think we're only going to see more of this to come and it's something yeah. that definitely like I'm not a massive competitive player but I appreciate like you know people that are because it does take a lot of skill and a lot of practice yeah. and a lot of dedication to be good at something like that um, so it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of years ahead of us where I think this is going to be a real thing that booms yeah. over the next couple of years yeah yeah but so do you think like like is eSport maybe a little bit too like early for VR in a way no or not? I don't think I th so I think it, it's, it needs to be picked you know that's it I, I think it's it's gonna be small I don't think it's too early I just think it's gonna be small because of the nature of VR because I mean literally just yeah. look at twitch if you go on twitch and look at in like the amount of esports that people want to watch is just 
exploding. You know, like mm-hmm. I remember watching a CSGO tournament and there's like over a million people watching at the same time. And it's just, that's insane. So it's like, you know, you translate that into a smaller overall audience that is still just growing. Yeah, it's not going to be the same impact, but I don't think it's too early. I mean, people, no. you know, took Onward and just forced it to be an eSport in a way. You know, they made that like community yeah. tournament and stuff. Like people just want it. If you want a game to become an eSport, no, it's going true. to. You know, so that's, it's I think also, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, but I also, like, when I played Onward for the first time, I was like, this is going to be the first eSport. And, and that's the thing, like, it's Echo Arena, but it's because they pump money into it in a way. And, yeah. and then you just kind of, like, keep it alive in a way, but that's not the way it works, you know? Like, like CSGO and all those casual games, no one ever said, like, okay, I this has been built to be an eSport. I have the feeling that Echo Arena was kind of also... They, they developed it into that direction in a way. Maybe not, I, I, but I, I do I, have the feeling it was like Oculus, like, okay, we want to have like an eSport kind of game too, so maybe you should go a little bit that do. way. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think the, the next iteration of those kind of games, like the next iteration of Onward, the next iteration of Pavlov will be probably the ones that get uh, picked up, you know, and adopted more as a, as a mainstream eSport. It's just that, like, I, I dip in and out of those games every now and again, but, you know, it's the graphical quality of those games don't really match up with, like, Echo Arena, for example, in my opinion, and that kind of ruins it How dare it you, me. Mike? How dare you? Quality! Uh, I, I know, <laughs> I know. Design like, first! I know, and, and, like, you know, I've said this before, so I'm kind of confident contradicting myself in a way that you know you don't have to have great graphics to have a great experience like with Superhot for example but certainly games like Onward and Pavlov I think it needs that like Echo Arena polish to be like really really amazing uh, and it's just not quite there yet um, yeah. I actually I, think it's the controls yeah I mean if I was to if I was to jump in I'd say the controls feel a little bit hokey in some of the games and you know when they've nailed it like mm. yesterday we were playing Rec Room and I was like wow the feeling of the bow you, you know you guys felt it when you played you know, Valve's introduction in the lab, right? When you felt that bow and the tactile feedback, the little like as you pull the bow back, like those kinds of feelings, they just got right. They like hit it home and it's like, this feels good as a human being using this system. But some of them, as you say, are like you're fuddling with the buttons. You're like, I I can't get with this. It's that same hurdle that we had to get through. I mean, look at the NES controllers, right? They were literally a box, like the opposite of ergonomics. Yeah, yeah. So... So Not I just want right. to go. I just want to touch back on the on the Zeph because we have gone off on a bit of a tangent a little bit. Um, so 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 go, going back to the Zeph, obviously this like wind machine that you attach to your uh, headset. Yeah. So apparently it uses machine learning to recognize the uh, the sound of wind uh, and motion in VR games. So this uh, means that it's, it's going to work apparently Bad. out of the box. <laughs> uh, so it's available, going to be available for the Rift, the Vive, and the PSVR. So you can back this on Kickstarter. It's got plenty of time left. I think it's got like 28 days to go. How much uh, do they want for this product? Okay, so it's 75 bucks for the Rift and the Vive version and 79 bucks for the PSVR version. And what is their so, goal? Uh, they've already accomplished their goal already. Uh, oh. I think it, it was something fairly low. Um, but th- this is the thing: like out of out of all the titles that I I've played recently, there is one game. There is just one game that stands out in my mind that this thing would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. What Whoa, you're I want to hear this. Prison. So you ready for I it? Think I know. Drum, drum roll. Uh, it is Winlands Two, because. Oh. Winlands, um, it gives you that amazing sense of, of freedom and you're swinging through the trees and having that wind in my beard, like brushing through my beard as I, <laughs> as, I, 
As I swing through <laughs> the trees. Beard, yeah. Okay, I, I, think, I don't have a beard, I, so I can't. I, I think, understand what you're talking about. But. I think that would be a lovely experience. <laughs> I, um, I think uh, climby would be another one. Climby or like to the top. You know, you're like mm. flying through, about to grab a building. You got the the wind coming through. That would be cool. I mean, Boy. I don't. Yeah. Onward. I can tell you one. Coaster games. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That that's one where you get that feeling of like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just coming at you like. That would actually speed. be. That's... That would add another layer that I think would work really well. Like the belly drop effect would probably be amplified just because your body's like, oh fuck, we're actually falling, you know? <laughs> I don't want a device that does that, by the way. I don't want the belly effect. I don't want to strap electrodes to my tummy. I'm I'm good. Yeah. They could but also yeah. do it in a way where you play like Garn, where you like have the maze and then suddenly it speeds up when you like, you know? It's yeah. like you really feel like the wind of the impact you're gonna have in a way. I don't know if that's I don't know how much time it needs to start up. Like you don't want like a and then like, yeah. Wee! Like, how, how much noise is it going to make? Like, you don't know. Because if you also want to talk to someone, because it is, like, below, it's, like, at the, the microphone's part, too. So, like, how is that going to work? If that's going to blow into your mic that and you want to play a multi. Very, that is a very good point, Nathie. I think that we just had that. I've had that problem so many times where, like, whether it's the vibe or the rift, like, okay. some, yeah. some noise, either someone breathing too heavily, because, again, they're maybe out of shape and they're, like puffing puffing properly or just picking up yeah. off of like me i'm a nose breather if i have my mic down here you know it's going to pick up the nose yeah, so i usually have to that, leave it so. above the nose yeah and is it if it's going to blow around the headset and you can hear those ergonomics then i uh, know yeah. so developers of this amazing and interesting gadget if you want to send us one and we can test it then it would be yeah. nice I definitely want to test it in Winlands too, definitely. I hope the Winlands team have seen this, I'm sure they have, uh, and they, they are doing some tests with it because it'll be interesting to see how they implement something like this. I, I will uh, say this uh, in its defense. Uh, sorry to cut you off, man. Um, sure, go for it. I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I was thinking about it while we were talking, and we were comparing it to like a motherboard uh, fan of that size, right? <laughs> but a motherboard fan of that size is actually uh, trying to dissipate a lot of heat. And I guess in the reality, it probably won't be spinning very fast. Because if it's trying to replicate just natural yeah. wind, it probably won't be spinning very fast. So it might not actually have the same sound issues that we might think it will. So I think it has a little bit more potential than maybe we give it credit for. But I think uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, it'll just be a hands-on thing that tells us whether that's true or not. Yeah, exactly. And I think like the, you know, I know we mentioned the Vive and Chill as well before, like the Vive and Chill is obviously a device that's designed to cool you down, whereas this is a device to help you sort of get more immersed into a game by implementing some sort of feedback. That's right. the difference. It's not supposed to be designed for cooling. It's designed to get mm. that wind experience. There's sort of yep. a, a definition between the two there. But I like the fact that people are making more accessories for VR. It shows that the, you know the industry is growing, that people want to sort of you know uh, modify their devices and add stuff to it in a way. So I kind of welcome that. But whether that's yeah. going to be any good or not is going to be another thing. But uh, only it's a whole hobbyist thing, actually, Mike. Like I mean, it's something that in the early days of VR, it was so obvious. It was the, the garage people, the Palmer Luckies of the day, right? Who <laughs> actually made this to the point where it is now sale, sold off of obviously developers business people who said okay this is gonna gonna go and anyone who stepped into a headset is obviously you know not everyone yeah 98% have been infatuated with it enough to say let's carry this forward it's why whenever I hear the comment of oh well VR isn't a, a, a certainty yet I laugh at that mm. because yeah. I honestly think there are there are so many people not just people like us who are infatuated with it and like totally sold on the idea of this technology but even people who are like okay maybe VR isn't a thing for me I'm not a gamer I'm not into architecture whatever 
it's not something, once you've seen that, it's kind of like, you know, you've seen another flavor of ice cream. Like, I don't think that's going to go away. I really, 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 yeah. really doubt it at this point. You're stage. absolutely right. It's, it's all about getting people in a headset to convert them, in a way. You feel like you're, you're part of a VR yep. cult and you need to convert everyone. But once you've got them in a headset, then like you say, it's almost like they've taken the red pill, right? And wow. uh, in yeah. the Matrix, and they, they finally, are, their eyes are open to what is possible now. And I yeah. think that's why, uh, in a way, I'm very excited about the new iterations of mobile, because it's going to be easier yeah. for me to show these off to other people, friends and family, uh, to get them on the hype train as well. It's, it's easier it's to preach on the road. Yeah. <laughs> there's a really interesting... Um, piece that was, that was brought up on Reddit about two years ago that, that actually forecasted, it's kind of like Ready Player One if anyone's read that book, yeah. where it forecasted this like dystopian final state for VR where people were, I don't want to say cut off from society, but marginalized it, to an extent by the technology itself. And I thought that was really interesting and the posts that I've seen as I said on Reddit, it's really, really good to kind of have a scan of those because there are some options out there for our you know far future maybe next 20 years even that if we end up there it could be a really tough thing for humanity you know the kind of connections like what happens if the need to physically connect drops off even more than it has today because mm -hmm. i can tell you you know kids growing up today like meeting in person um versus you know meeting on the internet and like it's just it's faster it's more convenient i want it now 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 on my device all the time and I kind of see us going that way. I don't know if I'm scared of it or kind of open arms to it. It's more just a question mark in my mind. I got yeah. I got something on the opposite end of that though. Think about this. So when I was uh, you know when I was a kid, I wasn't very uh, like social or anything. So if I were to get onto a game, I f I would feel way more comfortable like Xbox Live or something, right? Back in those days, yeah. it was way more yeah. comfortable to talk to people because you know you're not actually like right next to them. So if you think about this, let's say like uh, some kid in the same situation like gets into rec room. Maybe they're more likely to socialize because they're through a game. So it is. It's yeah. definitely worth saying what you're saying, but I think it also provides maybe a different opportunity to learn like social skills whereas you uh, you might not if you didn't have this like virtual reality thing and it's also worth mentioning that in virtual reality it's a more natural thing than it would be to just listen to audio in the lobby or something you know so I don't know I think there's both sides of the coin when it comes to this uh, dystopian society thing you know <laughs> No, I agree. I think you're completely right. You know, I think it's it's going to be an amazing way to connect people together. And the way I kind of always uh, think of it in the future is kind of how I use FaceTime now. So yeah. a couple of my family like live overseas, so I have to FaceTime them. And it's such a, a brilliant way of communicating people because it's free for one. Uh, but also I can see their reactions to what I'm saying. Yeah, and right. uh, yeah. you feel more of a connection when you you see that. But when they're physically, uh, when they sort of got this feeling of presence and they're in the room next to you, well, that's going to take it to another level. And that's where oh, I think boy. that we can yeah. make it better. But yeah, I think you're right that potentially we could be stepping back a little bit from real connections with people mm -hmm. uh, and there'll be more sort of like in the digital world but uh, I don't know whether that'll be a bad thing or not I'm not sure uh, time will tell yeah but got an opinion on that one Nathy well I, I would say for now for now it, it's fine like people are still socializing in real life but yeah uh, it, it's it's getting like right now sometimes my brother is like hey I'm going uh, on a, uh, a trip for like three weeks and it's like okay I have fun bye because I know I can talk to him on the internet. So, uh, like, oh, yeah. you know, I don't need, like, a, a postcard or anything. So it seems like people already, like, care less because they can just 
connect with someone on a very lazy and easy way um, where it's getting less personal. Of course, like there, you can build up relations and uh, friendships on the internet, but it's it's different, you know. Yeah. Look so, at you guys, for example. You know, like uh, we're all connecting. We're all live in different parts of the world. Yeah, we true, meet up every Saturday and talk about something that we're passionate about you know it's, it's it's crazy this would never be possible you know in no. the past and th and it's only in the future the way i think that you know maybe we can hang out in a in a virtual studio i'm sure we're not actually that far away from that uh true, next year totally on the roadmap for strategy for this podcast next year mike well, is we're gonna be doing we'll have <laughs> some stick. we'll have our own virtual studio and you guys and listeners can come and sit in the audience and and, and see but it live but what I think that is like the most dangerous uh, thing about VR right now with all the uh, communities you see like getting uh, like growing really fast in, in social apps is that so let's say for example VR chat people can meet each other there and just be who they are right now they, they do a very good job at that you know you get like moderators there and they keep an eye on it um, but you also see people bullying now and that's like next level bullying like right now i mean you guys have heard stories where people suicide because they they got bullied so many times because yeah. pictures on the internet or they have been getting cold on skype all the time like with vr like there are no rules for that yet yeah yeah and it's like you know how is that gonna work how is that gonna because right now there is no guideline for that like they didn't even figure out the guideline for the internet itself yet <laughs> and now you got vr uh that is even next level so it's like you know that's the only dangerous thing i see uh, right now happening within so, vr oh, there's, another one. there's another one i am um, <clears throat> back in the early dk two days um, I was asked a lot about, you know, it's the, do you cover adult content, this and that. One of the things I came across that was really interesting to me was adult film actors who said, I don't want, I'd like, you know, my industry's going down this body scanning route and all that. And they're like, well, I don't want my, you know, my body, my image, all of that imported into a computer that you can then do whatever you want with it. Because think about it, you know, you could That's put them true. into whatever situation you wanted. Yeah. And I would just say that, you know, be be cautious about new technology, but at the same time, you know, it's going to open up opportunities as well. But it's interesting what you said about being bullied, bullied in VR, uh, Nathy, because uh, I've, I've looked into this before and I remember reading a really interesting article and it was about sexual harassment in VR. So I think uh, a girl had gone into Rec Room. She was just enjoying one of like the, the, the games and then some guy is like right up in her face and touching her inappropriately and you just think well these people would never do this kind of behavior in real life and yet they're in this virtual world and all of a sudden they're sort of showing their dark side uh, but this is yeah. like something that's a really interesting topic because uh, oculus connect they've uh, in included some new features that are going to be available in the future where you can block people and they will never be put in the same room as you again. And there's there's good ways to, to prevent people from stalking you or harassing you in any way. So I think yeah. Oculus, in a yeah. way, are, are, are have the foresight to think this might actually be a problem. And we need to kind of put the tools in place to solve this before it becomes a problem. So yeah. it's, it's definitely an interesting topic. Um, yeah, but you're right. Like, if I think about it, when I, I went to the rec room many times, and sometimes it's so awkward, then I got like... An eight-year-old trying to kiss me. I don't know who that is. Like, if you would do that in real life, it's like, what the, what, what is going on? Yeah. And it like the connection is like that's so weird. Yeah. Like after yeah. a while, it's like, okay, well that's VR then. And if people think that's the standard, then that's freaking weird. Yeah. But it's like, but also older people and and 
you got so many, but that's it. Like you got all the classes of people, also IQ related, of course, all together. And you got people yeah. that are eight years old, 20 years old, 40 years old. Because Rec Room, there's still a lot of older people using it too. It's not that it's like overrun by kids, that's not true, but you know what you can expect there. But they try to uh, 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 up the, the, the age, but they, they don't seem to be able to because mm, there is no actually, luck on it. But you, you get on my that, point, on that right? Point, I, think, I, think, I think actually we talked about maybe stepping backwards in time, right? <laughs> like and some of the steps, some of the steps of VR may be taking us back a step. Uh, my wife and I are big into this idea of like kids these days, right? That like you go into school and you're in this class with with these kids of the same age, and then you kind of become ageist to an extent. If you go through kind of normal schooling and you don't have huge you know social groups or gatherings with people of all ages, <clears throat> so it's an important thing for parents, right, to get kids in, into that. But the same thing you're saying, I think that virtualization of our universes, of our of our you know personal spaces now into VR is actually going to reduce those boundaries. You know, it allows an eight-year-old to, to hand, you know, to be able to kind of socially interact with a three-year-old as much as a forty-year-old, and yeah. that's going to happen a lot more. Like in back in the day when we all lived in a big wigwam and you know just forty of us yeah. building. 40 because people in a that's building. the difference in real life. When I when I'm sitting on my bike, it's not like an eight-year-old is is coming after me. You know, they 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 have their they have their own friends to play with. I got my friends to play with. That's it. You know, but in VR, it's like, uh, yeah, because I don't mind. I mean, it's very fun to play basketball with like a 10 year old in, in VR. You know, I'm not like, hey, you're, you're sick, so uh, whatever. But it's just that, you know, it's, it's so weird sometimes because they yeah. live in a dream world and I don't. Not anymore, yeah. you know. Yeah. So but it's I like, I live in a real world now, help me. <laughs> <laughs> so go going back to education, it's an interesting point because I think certainly in the future, like we're talking like many years into the future now when uh, VR technology is a lot cheaper, but it will give, uh, especially if you, you read the book Ready Player One, it will give kids the opportunity to go to school and stuff in, in places where they don't have access to schooling. They could literally just log in and share a classroom with maybe like a thousand or 10,000 other kids that are all logged in and, and, and be taught things um, without actually physically moving or going to like a, a school because maybe it's they live in a dangerous area, a part of the world where, you know, going to school is gonna be a really dangerous thing for them. So if they can get that experience at home and still be educated, then I think that's gonna be a fantastic thing. And yeah. uh, there's so many applications though, and I think on next week's show we're going to be talking about how VR can help people recovering from illnesses and uh, and things like that as well. So it's definitely just not for games. Like you know, there's so many uh, ways and applications that VR can be used to assist people in their everyday lives. Yeah, it's going to be great for theft on a train, by the way. I mean, you know, someone's going to be in their mobile <laughs> VR headset. Oh yeah, and the person just disappears. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I've seen I've seen so many like uh, memes of uh, people on trains with uh, VR headsets on, it does look ridiculous. Uh, when did I tell you a buddy of mine did a four hour journey with his full on PC rig playing Elite Dangerous <laughs> on his journey back from Wow, <laughs> wow. Four hours. Did he, ha he have VR. one of those like backpack rigs or something? Like that's... No, he, he lugged his Asus PC with him <laughs> and plugged it in on the train. What? Wow. <laughs> what? That is next level. <laughs> that is next level. Uh, Oh my god, okay. that's nice. So I uh, just want to move on to uh, a game called Bullets and
and more. So a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, fortunate enough to join Zim on one of his uh, Friday night live streams. Uh, so obviously, if you want to check him out on Twitch, I would recommend you go and do that because he uh, plays some awesome games. Uh, but we played some games like Winlands 2, uh, Tractable, and this uh, Bullets and More, which uh, we refer to as BAM for short. Uh, but out of all the experiences, I think Winlands 2 was probably my standout one, but uh, BAM was a very interesting one. Uh, and maybe uh, you've been playing this quite a bit, Zim, just recently, is that right? I have been playing this a lot, actually. Okay. So I was uh, I was playing this last night for about an hour and a half, and it's the thing is, if you like PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, um, and you like um, previous kind of esports games, we were talking about esports earlier, and I think this is a perfect uh, segue from that, <clears throat> which is... Um, things like Survivor Games and Daisy, uh, Battle Royale, previous uh, almost esports games where you could watch competitors and it's last man standing or last person standing, you know, where you've, you've, you've got X number of people and then you're going down to, to, to one left. It is really, really, it works so well in VR and we've been playing it and it's like you got ammo and guns scattered about the place and you might find that all you're picking up is attachments um, and you might find that when you drop boom rocket launcher loaded ready to wow. go right in front of you so it's a very um fast-paced game and i think what we're talking about here is a specific subcomponent of bullets and more bullets and more actually started off as a gunplay game like h3 vr or these other titles that people know about where you've got gun mods and all that uh, shooting but, range kind of thing yeah yeah, absolutely. But and you're saying that the game mode is very nice in a way, where it's like it's exactly simulating what people want, like PUBG. So let's say if they would convert that into Onward, for example, that would be yeah, that, that would it'd be, be very yeah, simple. Next level, you get the like, like visuals of Onward. Yeah, right? it, it's no, very but similar. also the gameplay the of looks course, very maybe. basic. I think uh, Bam. The biggest difference between like, uh, um, say, like H3 and uh, and Bam is just. Bam is still trying to go for that like hyper realism where you can do all the things and mm. you know it, but it's much simpler. So I feel like a lot of the times things are more natural. So like H3 VR, you can ba uh you could do anything that you could do in real life essentially. You could do in this virtual reality, but sometimes they're kind of like little convoluted little things to do uh on your uh controller that you wouldn't naturally think to do. And Bam does a really good job of making most of the things that you would want to do very intuitive so because of that like especially if you jump into one of the multiplayer games you pick up those things really quickly um, especially if, even if you haven't played the game before if you played any um, like if you played onward or something you'll you'll naturally pick it up and that's what I like about that game and the developer is really nice so that's also a plus <laughs> it, it, it's probably also worth noting that the scale isn't there yet so we're not talking 100 players it's 12 right. players you yeah. drop from a parachute parachute auto deploys you can control where you land and I would say that I have not seen seen a game light up this fast. Like all the buddies who I've got across the net who've got yeah. VR, not ninety percent of them are playing BAM. Like that's that's it, you know. And and as I said, we got Mike in. I hadn't played with Mike before, so <laughs> I think I hooked him. Well, that's uh, that's it. It's so it's so with simple. With the tractor it's just PUBG in VR, yeah. that's what it is. And that's like on on the internet, it has been proven many times for people like, wow, Call of Duty in VR or. Battlefield in VR or uh, whatever FIFA in VR, maybe that's gonna be a thing. I don't know, but oh you know Rocket League in VR too. And and every time people want to see that that stuff, they play casually and they want to see it in VR. And Rocket I think, like, League. They are such. Yeah, Rocket League. Rocket VR. League in VR, VR would be VR. vomit festival. VR. Well, we've done it. No, Mike. Mike, <laughs> there's a game yeah. out. We, we've, we've done it in tractors. It's called Tractable. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> How yeah. many times did you throw up in in the first ten minutes? 
Okay, like I have to be honest here. Like I did actually feel pretty rough near the end, but uh, it's because like I'm I'm actually quite susceptible to motion sickness. Like I I've got like hardened to it over the years, but like it was the movement. Like I was driving a tractor backwards, like almost doing like a spin in it to try and flick the ball with my like bumper at the front. Which sounds and amazing, by the way. I just want it to was pretty that. cool. Like and I think I, I I managed to last about forty minutes, and then I was like the last twenty minutes I was really hanging. But um, after that, like I was fine. I didn't have to take a break. We just jumped in straight into the next game, and I got into it, and I was fine. But yeah, uh, it, tractor ball is a thing. That's <laughs> awesome. It was actually it was it was actually really fun because the thing I didn't I, I totally underrated the game when I when I played it with like no other players and just bots. Like it just didn't work for me. Mm. And wow. and if you have two v two, it's a two v two game. Um, you, you're a tractor with this flipper on your face. And then the coolest thing about the game, I have to say, is the pickups. So like Mario Kart style, you've got these pickups. Like you can drop a cow that someone else will drive through and then it's gore all over your screen. Like it is actually brilliant from a game design perspective. It looks ugly, but the game again is- Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right, and it, but it's the same with like like the whole PUBG game mode right now. And bam, I mean, let's be honest, the game is not looking that great, and it no. also doesn't play like the best shooter out there. But yeah. like it, the game mode, that's it. You know, yeah. that's the yeah, trick, that, and that, uh, that, that's what people want. And no one delivers that. And then they were smart enough to cater everyone yeah. that is like, I like PUBG now. Now I can also play it in VR, so why would I play PUBG on my monitor if I can play it in VR now? Yeah. That's it. Like that's why people Definitely. come back to VR. I that's did that. It. I did that this week. Yeah. Someone's like, "Oh, do you want to play Battlegrounds?" I'm like, "Nah, I'm playing. That's, uh, I'm playing Bam now. Sorry, guys." Yeah. That's exactly it. So you you are like the the casual PUBG doesn't do it for me because it's more immersive, and that's what we need more in VR. Because right now people are like, "Oh, I put my uh, headset on the shelf and I'm just gonna play myself some Battlefield or maybe some PUBG." But if you got those game modes and they yeah. kind of get you into that kind of like, then it's great. It yeah. is. It's very genius that they did it. And yeah. Like it is an amazing experience, like parachuting in and seeing where everyone else is landing, and then you can actually steer your parachute to go towards someone because sometimes you're armed with a knife, so you could quickly just run up to them and get a, like a really quick e early kill just by like stabbing them. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the which was my kind of tactic because I suck uh, aiming. Um, but the, uh, the the best thing about the whole uh, experience was the spectator mode. So like once you're out. Uh, you can actually spectate yeah. over the whole map and you can zoom in, scale it, do whatever you want. You're like a ghost almost. No one can see you other than the other spectators. And you could like right zoom into the action and it's almost mm -hmm. like watching uh, a little movie in a way because the tension is building up where you see two players, they're kind of converging on each other. One of them's like really like taking it carefully and tactfully like clearing their corners and stuff. And then you you see the the interaction when they finally come head to head, and then this little shootout happens, and it's just like watching a little action film That's or cool. like TV show in front of you. It's it's so so nice. The spectator mode is is really genius, um, and I hope that more games implement something like this because it makes you know being uh, out actually way more interesting in a way than actually being in uh so that's kind of cool you know you don't get um you don't get prosecuted in a way for for being killed you you have this extra layer of enjoyment that you can enjoy once you're out which is nice but um so if you're interested in checking out bam you know uh, it's on steam uh it's, it works with the htc vive and the oculus rift and is available for 10.99 in british pounds 14.99 in us dollars and if you actually win a round of bam you get a turkey dinner <laughs> it's winner 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 turkey, turkey dinner. dinner yeah so uh no chicken dinners just turkey dinners for everyone in vr so that's uh, that's kind of cool 
I like. worth that price. Yeah. Oh, there's also a gun game mode, by the way. With 38 weapons, they got a lot of guns. Like, it, the guns look amazing. The environments need some help. Yeah. I think, I think as well, like, we've talked about the game mode, I think, being the standout thing with this game. All it's going to take is someone that does the shooting thing better to implement that mode in their game, and then potentially you've got a new king of PUBG in VR then, in my opinion. But we'll yeah. see. Um, so moving on again to Blade Runner in VR. So Blade Runner 2049, the memory lab, is is now available on Oculus Rift and Gear VR for free. You can check it out. Obviously, it's a, a movie tie-in with the latest movie, Blade Runner 2049. I don't know if any of you guys have actually checked out the new movie uh, Zim, what were your... Th the new movie, sorry, not the movie, I've done the, the VR Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, um, I think uh, that, that makes three of us that have, have done the, the game then. Uh, obviously, I've seen the original film. I was looking forward to seeing the sequel, but I just didn't have time when we was in California. We were, it was a crazy, crazy time for us all. Um, but uh, I have to say, like, out of all the movie tie-in uh, experiences I've tried on the Oculus Rift, this was uh, the best one by far. Um, just purely because it's got so much interaction within the experience. So it's kind of like a murder mystery story where I don't want to give any spoilers away, but you kind of like uh, use some mechanics a bit similar to Batman Arkham VR, where you're sort of scanning scenes, looking for clues, yeah. uh, trying to solve a mystery around this kind of murder. It's, it's a Blade Runner themed uh, scanning simulator, basically. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. But it's around 20 to 25 minutes, which I thought was a, a nice length. And yeah. it's free, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it's also... What did you think of the quality, Mike? Because I found... Um, like, it's the first game... I'll say, it's the first game which photogrammetry yeah. has been a convincing addition. Okay, it wasn't perfect, yeah. but it was close. Yeah. No, absolutely. I was going to come on to that. And this is the thing. Like, the way that... Because they almost did, like, full motion capture, like, full motion video, but overlaid it onto an animated model. Uh, hmm. which made it look really interesting in terms of an effect. It's not something that I've seen in VR before, but it was definitely uh, really, really cool. I, I don't think that's it, actually, Mike. I think, um, I think the way it works, so photogrammetry takes uh, a much, bunch of different angles and stitches the image together and creates a 3D model. Right. So it's not like you're taking a video and then wrapping the image around it. It's rather that that data already is creating a kind of a 3D form. Right. Um, which is what you can tell is if someone's standing up, right? And like right here, um, in the in, in the kind of pit of the armpit, you'll see that there's a bit of like artifacting. Right. And that's how you can tell mm. it's photogrammetry as opposed to what mm. what you mentioned, which you see in airports, which is like you know paint of glass and a hologram presented onto it. Right. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. I didn't know that that was the case. But yeah, it's a really really nice effect, uh, and uh, it made it look yeah. really stand out from everything else I've seen. Like the the best thing was like the because you go to a part of the city of Blade Runner, so you can explore that. Uh, and it's very nice. Like the, you can look into stores. Everything has been like it's very detailed. Like I, I found a guy who was like uh, tapping things on his phone, and then I looked at this phone. He actually had like a picture of someone he was calling. <laughs> I don't know why no one would actually look that close to, but it was there. So like it ah, seems like they you've played it. It's like it's kind of like an updated version of Technolust. Like Technolust yeah, tried, yeah, and well, this I think succeeds. Yeah, no, true, true. Yeah, that's right. And also, um, I mean the the way you can go to certain places, there is a lot of space. But it's it just seems like the people who made it got enough time this this time to actually develop it. And that's the problem we see where they need to go real fast. Where like, let's say if Spider-Man was like this, then everyone was like, wow, you know, bam. Whoa, 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 no spoilers, I've not played Spider-Man yet, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so 
I mean, th- there was almost like I can tell you, there's almost no gameplay in this whole experience. But yeah. the way it looks is just wow, you know. I'm I'm in the future, um, and that made it very cool. And that's what they want. They want you to go to the movies after you played this experience. You need to get excited, and I think they they did get me excited over like how it looks. Not so much the gameplay. Uh, also not the because there were different scenes you were going to I think the the, the city itself was like bam uh, right in my face nice rest wah, wah, okay uh, with like the the characters you were like interacting with in a way yeah okay I mean I've seen better to be honest but like this has been around for a while like insurgent for example had like a, a movie based experience where a train was coming at you like it was riding through your body okay like this one, I didn't really feel the tension in a way. It could have been more like it's VR, so you see depth, so you can really get people a little scared, or or it's like, oh, there's someone in. But my does that does that does that cheapen the experience? I actually find that um, you know mm. ah. scares and like I find it's kind of like you see someone do a YouTube video for the first time, all the flashy effects and all that. Like you can you can definitely overkill it, and I I, I mm. see that in indie devs, you know. You've mentioned before, Nathan, and I, I think we share a, a common like for lasers in VR. Um, the amount that we see that and like HUDs popping up just fecking over everything. You know, people overdo it. Mm-hmm. They and I think they could do a lot better. And yeah. it feels a lot nicer uh, if you if you if you under. Yeah, true. It's just cool. like I missed I missed like the the particle part of it or the effects where you know you got uh, maybe animals yeah. or like something flying around or like some some papers that roll over like the ground. You know, like it it was nicely made. But it wasn't like I saw any effects or... But then they were like nitpicking on something that is free, but... Mm. Like that's, it didn't feel very alive, I agree with you. There, there wasn't like, you know, no. trash blowing around or anything that felt kind of alive. It felt very static, almost like a 1990s game where you, you know, you come in and it's just models all around mm. that are all static. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I, w- I would totally welcome more movie tie-ins adopt something like this. I think they've almost set the standard in a way, like this is what you should use as your baseline and try and improve it in a way. Because we've, we've seen so many, like I've played loads, I've played like uh, uh, Ghost in the Shell, like the It experience, the Alien um, experience as well. And they've all kind of either been like 360 movies or they've kind of been a little bit interaction that you can move around but you can't actually interact with anything within the game world whereas this kind of changed that and you kind of were involved in the story in a way so that was really really nice and uh, and yeah it does work because it builds up hype for a movie you know I'm super excited about checking out the movie I know that some people have kind of been a bit meh about it but um, I really like the original so I'm definitely going to be checking out the uh, the new movie yeah. Uh, so yeah, so obviously if you want to check out Blade Runner, it is a free experience available on the Oculus Rift and Gear VR, so you can check that one out as well. And then, or you play it with Revive. Or you can play it with Revive, yeah. That is very, <laughs> very true. It works uh, really well. I don't want to leave out any of our, our Rift VRs, because no. I know there's probably a few of them. <laughs> actually, in terms of uh, compatibility and support, this week I... So I was, I was actually checking out stuff that uh, we were talking about last week, so like uh, Vibe Nights at Freddy's and, and BAM. Like the, I've found over time there seems to be a slight degradation in the, the Steam, uh, hosted titles supported on Rift, and it I wouldn't say it's more than ten percent of the population, but I've seen control issues. I've seen um, a biased support towards the Vive. Obviously, it's on the Steam store, so it makes sense. Um, but I, I have seen like I couldn't even get uh, Vive Nights at Freddy's to run on the Rift, and they were like we have support but I think it was 
test support or something to that effect. So I'll be I'll be running it on the Vive. But for people who are Rift owners and only Rift owners, I wonder what because I get asked this question a lot. You know, which mm -hmm. headset right to buy? And I often say Rift because it's got the most compatibility. But I've kind of seen that going a little bit back. Mm. I wonder what you guys have. Well, I mean, uh, Mike and I played a shooter yesterday. I was playing on the Vive. He was playing on on the Rift. He couldn't exit the game. He had to like reopen the game every time yeah. we played oh, around oh, wow. because yeah. he was using touch. Well, I was just like, "Hey, bye, Mike. See ya." I was just going back <laughs> to the menu. Yeah. It's like, you know. So yeah, that is right. The other way around works a lot better, to be honest. Like when I go into a Rift title, of course you got always that that awkward. Like if you need to hold something with a Vive controller with Revive, it's really hard. It makes you very tired in your hands. But the other way around, like Mike couldn't exit the game anymore. It's like impossible. Yeah, I was stuck in the metaverse forever. Yeah, he was. He was stuck in the metaverse, pretty much. Yeah, that, that's true. Because I think it was like, use both grip buttons to return to the menu, and it just didn't work with the touch. So it was a shame. Like, I had to literally exit the game and then restart it to then join another match again. With yeah, these and the guys. game was not built for the Oculus Touch. It was built no. for the Vive. That is true. So, like, they never they never said in their spiel that they were supporting no. the Oculus. But, no, it did but you work. did expect, you, like, you did expect to go in there and it worked. Yeah. And it did yeah. work. The rest worked, but just the, the, the joining, leaving. And it had to do, like, with the triggers and the grip. Yeah. That was the only thing he had to like press Always. at the same time, yeah. uh, and, and that was the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Before uh, Mike kindly ushers us on to the next topic, um, I'm going to just <laughs> ask you guys a question, given we're on this subject. What is your... I'll start with Bro. I'm going to put you on the Old spot, Scucci. dude. So what is your favorite multiplayer experience that you've had with VR this year? Hmm. I have to think about it for a minute, but... Really That's a tough one because answer. I feel like when it comes to like a multiplayer experience, like I I've mostly seen like gun games, and that's and I don't want to say like you know I don't want to just say uh, like Onward and because it's like a classic. I, I don't know. I I started playing Onward again um, uh, not too long ago, and I feel like through all the updates they've done and all the things they've added, it's just such a good VR gun game. But I'm biased towards that, so. I don't want to say one thing and then completely leave out the fact that there's a lot of multiplayer games that aren't just that. Um, but I would definitely say Onward, because uh, I played Pavlov and all that stuff, and I just feel like Onward still just takes the cake for me as the best VR gun like shooter game. It's just so good. It's sure. so much fun. Well, it's got a good community yeah, as well. Yeah, it does, yeah. So that would be my answer for you there. Right. Nathan, <laughs> what about yours? I would say VR chat. And... Uh, it's just like I'm. I'm like I also got an obsession for VR chat because there there are a lot of different groups in in VR chat that like live there basically. You know, you got like let's say the manga anime thing that I like. I, I don't really understand what it is and what, but I I think it's very cute. You know, you got like cute characters and they they give you presents and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like really confused and then you got people that act like Rick and Marty and, and it's like a whole like you know when people build their own worlds and they're like Nathy you, you need to check out my world uh, it's really fun so I would say that's the one but it's also because it's a very modded community where everyone can just yeah. be like if you want to be Winnie the Pooh or you want to be uh, <laughs> Mickey Mouse or you know you can be whatever you want and that's really nice you know you can just be whatever you want and they also seem to accept everyone there like if you are a little yeah. strange or you have problems to socialize or things like that 
they don't care. Like it's a very nice community. But that's like something that is around since the beginning days yeah, of been VR. Since the early but days, like new stuff, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I also enjoy alt space, but that's like VR chat in the end is like like one of the best social apps right now, VR wise. Yeah. It's fun. So cool. And Mike? So the two standout ones for me are Werewolves Within and Star Trek Bridge Crew. Uh, just because of the social aspect of those games, uh, I, I enjoyed them both uh, immensely because, you know, I'm not really a competitive person, um, but I do enjoy playing co-op style games. Um, so, so Bridge Crew, where you had to work as a team together, was really, really nice. But I did like the devious side of Werewolves Within, where you have to lie to other people and convince them that you're telling the truth. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, that, that resonates with me in some weird, dark way. Um, but uh, it, to, moving on to the future, though, one title that I'm really looking forward to, and it was going to be a co-op experience, is From Other Sons. Um, I only got to play uh, the beta with one other person, so and that was a PD, Paradise Decay, a good friend of the show. Uh, but I'm looking forward to playing it with, with more people and uh, having that experience of controlling a ship and exploring planets and other yeah. ships with other players. Uh, that's going to be uh, the one that I'm really going to be excited about. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. And that's in a week, isn't it? Not, lo not, long, not long at all. No. Man. It's going to be... What about yourself, dude? In terms of what's coming in the future, or back uh, to my question? Year. Yeah, your both question, maybe. Your question. God, um, I think <laughs> Bam is definitely the one of the week, right? Like, I mean, the last two, three weeks, it's just like Bam, Bam. Thank you, ma'am. Right? Um, <laughs> before that, and I did get to play um, a lot. I'm talking 16 hours over over two and a half days worth of. Um, uh, worth of From Other Sons, which if you didn't know, I got this from the devs at OC4, the original name, because I, I gave him all kinds of guff about, uh, about the name, because From Other Sons to me is very difficult to remember. The original name was, was Fistful of Stars, and to me that is just like such a cool western tieback. Yeah. And I just, you know, that game brought me so many hours of joy. I'm looking forward to that like nothing else. Um, the other thing that I would say, because I'm a I'm a big fan of like racers or fast-paced games where you don't blink, um, Redout, Redout, <laughs> VR multiplayer. Aside from the multiplayer lobbies, which seem to break every time I try to host, um, the actual experience is just yeah. bloody fast, colorful, yeah. fantastic. Wow. So for those yeah. that don't know Redout, it's essentially Wipeout in VR, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would probably say F zero, but then again, I'm a I'm an F zero yeah. dude. So yeah, yeah, cool. No. So uh, yeah, from other sons, definitely one. I think we're all pretty uh, excited yeah. about. Yeah, I'm uh, just really curious how uh, advanced it's going to be because we played the demo was well basic in a way of what you could do. So how far does this go? Like, you know, uh, how much can we explore? How do we get rewarded? What is the progression system? You know, uh, that keeps you playing anyway, in, in the end. So, yeah. you know, like if I'm like waving at Zim and I was like, hey, I found a nice weapon because I was on this planet, but you're like level five, you need to be level 50 to get it, man. So have fun for the upcoming months to get it, you know, <laughs> like that. So that, that's the thing, like, yeah. Well, I'm sure. I don't think it'll be, I, my, my judgment of it is that it, it won't be that hardcore. Uh but I think you'll have, I think playtime will be like 10 to 12 hours if I was to guess off of the sample that we had in terms of kind of completing the game if you want uh. to call it that, but it seems a very replayable experience and getting, I didn't think a three person team was gonna work so well, 
but it works really mm. well. And it you get to cover enough spaces, so you like leave one person on your ship, yeah. and you send two people over, and they go try to like you know take down the enemies. And yeah. sometimes you, you teleport a ship, and it's bloody massive. Yeah. <laughs> like six different floors and a captain that yeah. you know there's got forty guys guarding them. Like that game has some depth, and that was just in the ten jump demo. Yeah. You know, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we will have the devs on later, right? Like. Yeah, so... Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, yeah. We, I'm not we sure made... I was allowed to say this, but I'm walking away, bye. The, the cat's out of the bag now. Um, but yeah, so like Nathie said, we're working on at the moment to get the developers on in the very near future. So maybe sort of shortly after release, uh, we may have them on to talk about their game. Uh, it's unconfirmed right now, but we're sort of trying to pencil them in. So that is a little tease yeah. there for what we've got coming up in the future. Uh, we are doing a lot of work behind the scenes to try and get you developers on and uh, people that are really interesting in the VR industry to talk about different topics in VR, so it'll be interesting to see what we have coming up in the very near future. But I just want to sort of wrap it up with one final sort of topic, and that is uh, an update to I Expect You To Die. So this was a fairly sort of uh, early title when Touch literally just came out, and it's from Shell Games. Uh, and it's essentially like a puzzle escape room style game where it pits you as like a kind of secret agent, and you're placed in these environments where you've kind of got to solve little puzzles to escape and uh, complete your mission. So it is a really, really fun title to play. I, I haven't actually covered it on the channel, but I have played it quite a bit. Um, but recently they dropped an update called First Class, which puts you on a, 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 a train. Isn't that right, Zim? Yes, a train, a devious a train. A devious train. <laughs> So this is kind of your bag, isn't it, Zim? You, you like these kind of uh, games. I fucking love room escape games. Yeah. Like, there was one that was called, I don't know, Escape VR or something like that, which was made by a dude, and you just, it was a block cell, and there was a gate up here. I'm not going to spoil the ending, but um, I'll have to link that or something for you guys, because there are some room escape games out there that are just brilliant. And honestly, I Expected to Die is the brand. I mean, Shell Games just, they set the bar, uh, simply put, right? They... The quality of everything, the voice acting, the intro that's like 007 style. Honestly, the game's worth buying in just for the intro, just to see that in VR. Um, and if you haven't seen it, check it out on YouTube if you want. But I would rather say, go buy the game and try it that way. Um, definitely worth the money. Um, you have, I think now, five different levels with the new edition. And it's kind of the perfect package. Like, it's not too long, it's not too short. And the new level, which you have to have beat the other four first... Um, the new level is about an hour and a half long. It took me an hour wow. and 20 minutes. Wow. That's pretty good so for an Escape the Room game. It, it, is, it is pretty brutal. Um, if you're good at Room Escape stuff, I think it'll take you that length, maybe an hour. Uh, I can't really say much else without <laughs> giving something away. Yeah. It's, the, the, the benefit of, of Room Escape games is figuring stuff out for yourself with no spoilers. Mm -hmm. right. So I would say don't look at stuff. Yeah. Right. Just go... And play it. And if you like that kind of thing, check out Room Escape in real life. Uh, I did Room Escape for the first time myself when I was in the States, and I've heard that the UK sadly doesn't parallel the excitement of US uh, mm -hmm. Room Escape experiences. Mm -hmm. But have any of you guys done Room Escape? Because it's bloody I've good. I've watched some videos. It looks really sweet. <laughs> yeah. I remember you you invited me to come along, and I think it was just after uh, after the show, and I'd like worked throughout the night, and uh, my eyeballs <laughs> were bleeding, and I just needed sleep, and I was gutted I missed out on it. But please tell us tell us what it was all like. Uh, it was um, so we actually ended up with like this. I think they were Indian or Thai. Um, there was a bride, obviously to be, 
and like it was a hen party basically right so there was like seven of them and three of us and so we all got told you're going to be going into a room yada yada and you can't you know you can't break the furniture apart please you know stuff like that you can't nothing's above reaching level all that kind of stuff and then they lock you in this room and <clears throat> the things that really stood out to me are like there was a drawer, right? There were there were references to like Death Note, a Death Note comic book that was sitting on a, a thing here. You had to find the page in the book that related to something on the drawer, and then there were pieces of clues all over the place. There was stuff like you turn the light off, light off, and uh, there was letters written on the walls. That's awesome. Uh, That's it was cool. insane. You had to assemble all these bits. The coolest thing for me uh, to talk about it, which I probably shouldn't, but you won't know the one I'm talking about, was there was a drawer that pulled out, and on the bottom it had a tiny little hole and you had to take a pen and poke the hole and the, the fake board on the bottom of the drawer would pop up and <laughs> under that was like secret a secret code message wow. and a key and it was like heck you know this is like so cool like <laughs> yeah. the amount of places yeah, they, they figured so out how sweet. to hide stuff I could hide stuff all over my house my wife would never <laughs> <laughs> so so spoiler did you actually manage to escape well he's sitting there right so I mean we <laughs> The good thing is, like, and he has the pen too that saying, he did it with. Why so. my camera is going crazy? I don't know, but um, uh, <laughs> that's better. Th we did not escape. Oh, really? You didn't make it? We did not escape in time. It was a timed experience, okay. oh. so we got quite close, but we were about two clues away. But like, we went in. We we we. There was a locked room inside a room, so you can imagine like three quarters of the room open air. Uh, one quarter closed and one of the guys who was like leading our party like we got the key we got it into the thing we had to get in there to figure out how to get out of the bigger room he runs in and he like screams because there's blood all over the walls this little girl sitting in the corner oh, like it was like really well done uh, just and he just was not not, not expecting that yeah. so if you have a chance try one because they're bloody fun even if you're with strangers you know yeah. you're working together yeah. so that sounds pretty it's intense in, that's, a, that's interesting as well like in america it's very popular i know in in the uk it's not Funny, oh, here it's very popular. They got like big prison complexes built like, oh, uh, and then they also, for some reason, it's also on television now where famous uh, TV personalities and YouTubers are uh, trying to escape rooms and they get points for escaping rooms together or with a team. Sometimes they need to do it alone. Wow. They ha have like a, an entire show built around it now on television. It's, it's, a fun, it's a fun show, yeah, they got it on t TV now. You're seeing people escape trying to figure stuff out so i have to educate people Nathan, on the basis of yeah that. because the uk had this and i think the rest of the world deserves to hear about takeshi's yeah. castle <laughs> takeshi's castle which is a japanese program where they take oh, 100 yeah. people it's like battlegrounds yeah right? they take 100 people and they yeah throw them i know that basically <laughs> yeah that's a, a funny series program of events. most of the shows conclude with no one winning yeah that's how brutal it is and also the number if you look it up the number oh. of like broken bones and stuff like that it is oh man brutal. that's that's the funniest show ever yeah no, so, so say like uh, you're in the escape room and you're just like, this is getting a bit too crazy. Do you have like a secret code word that you can like shout out so they'll let, let you out a bit like the crystal maze? Well, there's there's like an attendee with you. Oh, okay. Who, if you're really off topic, will give you little clues. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like so, I mean, he did drop us a clue or two to be honest. Right. So it wasn't, you know, we got to ninety percent with a bit of help. Right. Yeah. So there you, there you have it, guys. You know, if you want to check yeah. out a, a VR escape room, you know, maybe ease yourself in with I expect you to die and then move on to some real hardcore yeah. real life ones. There you <laughs> go. That's it. Uh, but, the one too. Yeah, I expect you to die is available on Steam and the Oculus Store for eighteen ninety nine in British pounds, twenty four ninety nine in US dollars. So check that one out as well.
So I just want to sort of round off today's show with maybe some questions from the chat. So I don't know how the chat's been doing. Has people been active yeah. or is no one watching the show? I don't actually know. <laughs> uh, because uh, I, I can never actually open the chat because uh, yeah. it will kill my internet and uh, I'll fall also, out. So. Also, before we wrap it up, we still got one more important one to talk about. Um, that's uh, the Melita, Melita Cinematic Experience. Ah, yeah. Oculus Home. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe not that much of an interesting thing for most gamers out there, but if you like uh, uh, short films, Disney, Pixar kind of movies in VR, then I would definitely check it out. It's it's beautiful. It's a very powerful story, and the art style is great too. And and also important, nice transitions from one scene to another. You don't have the feeling you're going from from one to another. It's like, you know, you got segments of, of times where you go to, like you go to the next day and you go to the next. So it's it's really nice. It's about uh, global earth uh, warming, you know, like the climate change we got going on right now. Uh, maybe a little bit too extreme in a way. I found it like very uh, like, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a human, I'm wrong. You know, maybe I should change, maybe I should empty my garbage can and <laughs> stuff like that. But uh, no, it's it's beautiful in a way. Like yeah. you can see how it affects the world and uh, in VR. So. Uh, so is the is the way it's presented? I haven't I haven't actually seen that. Um, I'll check that out. Um, is that is that presented like Senza Peso? Like you're along for the ride? Well, yeah, that's that's that, that's a good one. It's not. Um, so they got three uh, modes. First, you watch like the cinematic mode. So that's the whole movie. It takes around thirty to forty minutes to finish. Um, there's a moving camera, they warn you for the fact that it's a seated experience, but if you don't have a chair, you can play it standing too. But the, there's a camera moving from time to time. So it depends on how much you can handle. So there is no way you can really interact. You can walk around a bit, but you can't change from a position within the story. But you are really close to the characters. You're really standing next to them like you're a sidekick or a team member, but they don't talk to you. So you're not there. It's like you're a ghost. So mm. when you finish that, you can also go into a uh, mode where you can um, explore. Uh, you can just go to some of the scenes uh, and, and, and just uh, teleport around, interact with some objects. You can't really, you can just pick them up. It's not that special. Weirdly... What's the name of this again, Nathan? I didn't Melita. catch it at the start. Melita. M-E-L-I-D-A? Uh, M-E-L-I-T-A. Melita. Yeah. Melita. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's called Melita. Does that stand for something? It's called Melita, a human journey. And uh, from seeing it, I assume Melita is the name of the main character. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, no, so. that's true. And there is one more game mode, and that one allows you to watch the movie again, but this time from a giant's perspective. So you can look down at the tiny characters interacting. I don't really know why they did that one. But uh, it's there. So if you want to be a giant, then yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of I want to make people excited for this one, but it's kind of hard because it's a cinematic thing. Like again, it really added up to my whole like life experience where I think like yeah, we're right. We should change this in how we live or stuff like that. So I really felt for the characters in a way. Um, so yeah. Uh, it's nice style to it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just checked it out, and uh, I have actually got this. So uh, it's it's on my list of experiences to check out, which is like just <laughs> growing by the day. But uh, if you want to pick this up, it's available on the Oculus Store for three ninety nine in British pounds, which is probably about sort of six or seven dollars. Uh, but like you say, it's kind of like an interactive uh, movie experience in a way. You just you just play it once, and that's about it. So you got forty minutes of popcorn time, and and that's about it. 
Okay. No, it's not bad. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing I was going to say is that we, we seem to be heading into, in the month of November, I mentioned, might have mentioned it, obviously with Christmas and things coming up, um, there's a lot of things hitting us in November. Yeah. Like, if, if, if I put them on a list, it's a long list. And there's some big, heavy things hitting. For those uh, PS4 owners, uh, there's a lot of <laughs> big, oh big my, titles. Oh, yeah. my, Obviously, Doom, Skyrim, Fallout. You know, we've got Foz, so From Other Suns hitting. I mean, God, this November is going to be very heavy for us content creators. Yeah, and yeah. the only like the the only overused genre we are going to see, and it's like yeah, last year it was the same, snow fight games. Like that's the thing. Everyone creates snow fight games, and it, oh, it's yeah. fun to throw snowballs at each other. But for some reason, they got all kinds of snowball games. I saw that recently. Yeah, yeah. There, there's one where you like do a snow fortress and yeah. you build your snow fortress, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like, I'm like, why is that fun for more than like two minutes? Yeah, well, uh, people try something with the Christmas times, and and everyone's wallets is like flying around. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, I get that point. It's just like you know, check the reviews, then buy something. Also, when it's Christmas, I know Gabe Newell is like like a magnet, and he's pulling you into your PC. Like, same happens for me. Um, but take it easy, okay, please. Same for Oculus Home. I mean, Oculus Home last year had like a lot of nice deals, you know, where yeah, yeah. they had like nice bundles. It's like, oh, where, which one should I buy? That's, I like as a YouTuber, I don't have that problem, but I do feel people where it's like, oh, but that bundle, I already got two of those games and they do compensate you for that. So that's also very useful. Yeah, but, um, do they yeah. yeah, they do. They didn't, they didn't before. They do now, yeah. So if you own a couple of titles from a bundle, you will get the yeah. associated discount. Yeah. So it's like prorated? Yeah, then? so it's nice. So, you know, you, you don't feel like you're missing out in a way, which is really cool. Oh, Genius. Yeah. Eureka. The, the thing I was going to say, guys, because we're coming up, it's a very much a UK-specific thing. Uh, but Guy Fox night is coming tomorrow, right? So we usually blow off a lot of fireworks. There's a VR title, which I had a lot of fun with. It's really simple. Um, I don't know what the price is, but it was really low. Mm -hmm. Pyro VR, if you don't have fireworks <laughs> yeah. and you want to just have a blast, literally, you can go into a warehouse with fireworks and just blow the feck out of all of it. Mm -hmm. And it's actually hilarious fun just to do that. So if you don't mind, like, spending for 20 minutes of, of Glee, that's a good title. Sweet. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. Of November. Uh, gun, treason, and plot. Uh, something uh, pyro, pyro, pyro VR should never be uh, forgot. <laughs> so any any questions from the chat before we, uh, we wrap up yeah, this yeah. week's show? Yeah, let's have a little look. See. Let's see. We also had two donations, by the way. Thanks, Sweeviver and uh, David. Oh, has a very strange second name, uh, Oulet or something. It sounds uh, French. Thank you um, very much, guys. Appreciate it. He did. And he did say, um, "Did you all see all the well prototypes on Road to VR?" I'm not sure if that was bound to our Pimax conversation or yeah. that they. I'm not sure if anyone has something to say about that no but. but what i would say is you know like if uh Sweeviver is an awesome dude he's a friend of us and if you want to check out his uh his his video on the pimax you know it's very detailed it's a very nice video uh so go and check that out if you're interested in the pimax he's probably the one that's probably covered it more than anyone else um mm -hmm. so i'll check that yeah. out yeah yeah no, but it's it's nice to see uh, donations coming by from time to time yeah that's really cool always a plus much appreciated yeah, okay, so we see one. Are you guys going to play Skyrim VR? I, I think so, everyone is curious. <coughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah, I think we're all going to check it out. But, I, you know, from the very first show, I know that you went to uh, uh, Gamescom and checked it out and said that, you know, it might be a bit disappointing, so... Oh, no, 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 don't! <laughs> I sold my soul, ah! guys! 
So Zim is showing a box of the uh, PlayStation Move controllers. So uh, he's going deep, deep into PSVR. I, I Down the rabbit hole. I literally swore that this wouldn't happen, but um, I, I actually I held off. I was like, "Come on, Sony, you're gonna. I know you've put in the patents for it. You're going to revise your your motion controllers before a big title hits. Come on." But no, no, <laughs> no. no. So that you need those, I take it for Skyrim, do you? Yeah, if you want any, you know, because I I played with uh, what was play the without now? moves. There's there's some there's some games you can play with or without move, and it can be awkward if you're using the DualShock controller. Mm -hmm. I've kind of limped along, and then recently I bought a game and realized it was move only, so that incentivized me first. And then these titles coming, I was like, okay, you know what? Okay, yeah. they're not that pricey. I'll just. Go for the electronic ice yeah. cream cones. Yeah, that's Someone what they're like. asking. Any any idea if these big names are coming to PC as well? Yes, Fallout uh, and Doom will be on uh, the PC for the Vive. And, yeah. Yes, the Vive and Doom will also be on the PlayStation VR, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and then you got uh, Skyrim is for PSVR only. Yeah. And we don't know how long that's going to take before this timed exclusive is over, but it will take a few months, maybe maybe six months. I think like we like should talk months. about that. There's there's been loads of um, spike up on on Reddit and that because of the changes to locomotion or at least the announcement. They're like, oh, you can actually do smooth locomotion now yeah. in these titles, and that was a huge concern for people, yeah. certainly for me, because I was like, I do not want to be teleporting. It just breaks the immersion mm -hmm. every time you. No, I like jump. like every game right now uh, besides Doom is you can all like walk around. Only Doom is using a dashing teleportation system. But Dash is okay. Like I, yeah. I don't have the same but issues also with Dash as I do teleport. That is also the only game that has been built from the ground up for VR. The other ones are part of VR games. That's a huge difference. Just saying. So yeah, beware. Using that, beware. Right? Yeah. Um, Did you have actually, uh, Nathy? I think you had the, um, you had some experience with it. Did you try Skyrim's menus? Because it's a very menu-laden yeah. game. Yeah, I did. And I'm wondering I did. what uh, your thoughts are. Well, I mean, I played a demo, and, I, and maybe it was an early demo. It was kind of clumsy in a way, but it's also because I, I would say if you use the moves a lot more, uh, then uh, it's it's I think it's easier to get into that. I really had to like awkwardly uh, go from, but I mean the menu is you can do so many things, and you know how Skyrim menu works. It's the same in VR. I, you need to go I left, don't, right, I've literally left, right. never played it. Um, up, down. You can also go up, down. So it's like going to a different tab, up, and then to the left again. So. I don't know, hopefully they will change that a bit, but like the moves, like let's be honest, the moves don't have that many buttons, so you do need to be a little creative in a way with the X and the, I mean they have that all in the middle, so you do yeah. know how to find them, but. <laughs> I'm uh, literally educating myself yeah, right now. Yeah, no, they're like. All right, uh, so it's got the, like all the X, Yeah. it's got all the PlayStation buttons, yeah. right? The four key ones, a middle one and a, a home button. Let's basically. say if you are a PSVR owner, I think you will have no problem. If you are a noob like me that plays way too many PC stuff, you know, I'm more on the PC side here, um, then um, you will struggle a bit. But I think it will be fine in the end. And they will patch some stuff. I mean, Bethesda is usually on it with patches. You know, they always seem to fix their stuff. I mean, it's an open world game, so expect some funny box where you're stuck with your horse on a mountain again, welcome to Skyrim, um, then, yeah, <laughs> that's that's Skyrim for you. Yeah, but, uh, that's the yeah. life. Uh, 
Okay, guys. So I think we're going to end our week's episode there. So just to remind you all again, this is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at 4 p.m. in Europe, 3 p.m. in UK, and 10 a.m. in Central US. If you missed the podcast, you can catch up with it every Sunday where I upload the whole video to my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. And you can also listen to the audio-only version available on Google Play Music and on iTunes. So thank you again for everyone that has watched and everyone who is listening to this show. And thank you again for the donations as well. That's super, super kind of you guys. Um, And we're just having a great time doing this. So let us know in the comments uh, and and keep those questions coming and the feedback coming because we really, really appreciate it. And uh, we just want to make this thing the best thing it can possibly be. So thanks again for tuning in. Thanks again for our audio listeners as well. And uh, we'll see you on next week's show. Thanks again. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye.